Well, good morning, church. Man, I love worshiping with you guys. Junior high, you guys can be dismissed uh, sixth through eighth grade. You're going to continue the rest of your service back in the youth room. Thank you guys so much for worshiping with us and hanging out. You guys make worship awesome. I, I'm just going to tell you, I saw them worshiping and singing and we could take some lessons. I'm going to tell you right now, they, they got it down. It was good. Man, it's such a good day. Um, our backdrop is a little bit different. I don't know if anybody's noticed. Uh, we went for this whole retro chic plastic look. Um, it's in. It's what's, you know, it's the fad. Um, no, uh, we went plastic because if you look above the plastic, that's the new building right there. You can, um, yeah, which is also why it's a little extra warm in here because that's the new building. Um, and that's outside right there. So, uh, no, we are super excited. We are so close. Um, uh, I've been given a date, and uh, I'm scared to say anything because I've been given 100 other dates, and none of them have come true. So, um, just kidding. No, uh, we're, we're very, very close to opening up uh, the new uh, sanctuary space. Things are moving along, and uh, steps are being had. Obviously, the wall is down, and so um, so excited to uh, be able to move into our new space. Uh, clearly, we need it, and um, it's good to see God move, isn't it? It is. Amen. Well, uh, we are here in our series, uh, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. And I was joking around with somebody. I said, you know, I, I've got this week's message uh, ready to go. I'm just going to ask the question, what do you do when you don't know what to do? And I'm just going to wait, see if anybody has the answer, because anyone, not nobody. All right. And then we were just going to pray and close it out that way. But no, it's um, kind of how it feels, right? It's like, man, we, we just got through all this. And oh, by the way, double hurricane. Hey, one, one more thing. Why not? Let's just wrap it up. You know, um, we still got a lot of year left to go, folks. Um, but I, I just, it's kind of where we're at. It's like this year has just been one of those years where we found ourselves at this place. And, and over the last few weeks, we've talked about how uh, what, I, what I believe is that God has this, this new fresh air that he wants to give you. This, this freshness of him, this fresh spirit that ultimately can move you out of the season that we're in. This, this kind of lifeless, dullness season that, that so many of us feel like we found ourselves in. Where it's like, man, the double hurricane, nobody's even surprised. Like, yep, all right. You know, I saw the, somebody on Facebook, they're like, who had that on their 2020 bingo, right? Like, that's the thing. It's like, now it's not even shocking. We're just like, there was another thing, you know, uh, murder hornets, coronavirus. It's all these things, eh, you know, whatever. But it's this, the reality is it's, it's, we find ourselves in what we've kind of attributed like the doldrums. And if you don't know what the doldrums are, we talked about it the last few weeks. It's a, a place where back in the sailing days, a place where the trade winds in the middle of the ocean, the trade winds converge and literally cancel each other out and create a lifeless, windless, waveless zone in the middle of the ocean. And it was so dangerous because there was no wind or anything to move you out of it. And as a sailing ship... Uh, if you got stuck in the doldrums, you would just find yourself literally stuck there in hopes that some way something would happen and push you out of that or um, a hopes that a large storm wouldn't come and, and take over and capsize your ship. You would be stuck, just waiting, lifeless, helpless. And I feel like that's so many of us today that we're stuck in these doldrums. We're stuck in this place where we're just kind of waiting for something 
What's going to come and capsize us? Maybe there's something that can move us out. You know, double hurricane, ah, we'll just be here waiting for it to come. Whatever it is, that's where we found ourselves. And, and this week, I want to continue to, to help you out of this place. I believe God has some things for us where uh, he wants to show us the, what, not only what God wants to do in our life, but ultimately what God needs us to do in our lives to help us to get this new fresh air that he has for us. You know, I think it's uh, important to look at the things that we hold on to. Especially in this season, you know, we kind of get reminiscent of things. And uh, maybe, what have you been holding on to? Maybe, maybe this is kind of what you've been holding on to, uh, holding on to a little bit of clutter. This looks like your house. Come see me afterwards. We're going to need some help. But uh, maybe you've been holding on to things, or maybe your house looks like this. You've got all the precious knickknacks you've always been holding on to, Right? Um, anybody, uh, maybe your computer screen looks a little bit like that. You just can't, I don't want to, I don't want to delete them. What if I need that file later? Right. Uh, anybody, anybody lately been holding on to a little bit extra of this? Yeah, we've all been holding on to that. That's solid gold right there. It's a new currency. What we hold on to is important to us. Right? It's important to, these, to us in some way or another. And um, what we hold on to is obviously, it holds a purpose in our hearts, in our lives. I want to read Hebrews 10, 23. And it says this, it says, Let us hold tightly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Now, it's good to say it. It's really good to read it, but... Can we all agree sometimes that's difficult to hold on to the hope that we profess, to hold on to that? Because it's really difficult to hold on to hope when the world is falling apart, when the world is divided by division and, and, and hate. You kind of get to this place where you're kind of sitting there going, man, does God even care where I'm at right now? I mean, it is, does he hear me? Does he see me? I mean, my finances are tight. I don't love my job. Uh, people have let me down. I'm in a tough place in my life. Maybe that's where you're at and all these things. You're just kind of going, you know, I, I was going to hold on to hope, but gosh, this has been a year. I don't even know if God's still there. I don't know if he wants me out of this or not. I mean, you look at 2020 and the, the statistics of substance abuse is through the roof. Uh, divorce is skyrocketing. Suicide is increasing at alarming numbers. That's 2020, and, and it's easy to, to look at this and to see all this and, and really find ourselves in a difficult place to hold on to hope when the world we're living in is falling apart. It's easy to find ourselves in a place where we say, you know, I, I don't know if I, if I could say it this way, but maybe you feel like your life is crumbling. You feel like it's just falling apart. In Hebrews 13, 14, it says this. It says, for this world... It's not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. And I think it's an important thing to understand is that this, what we're in 2020, this year, this life is not the end for us. There is more to come. The best is yet to come. There is more for us. We're looking forward to what God really has for us at the end of our life. But in Hebrews 10, 23, he says, hold tightly to that hope we profess. 
Hold tight to it, right? Hold tight to it because for, for the God who promised it, he's faithful. But we got to hold on. It's hold on. And, and I think it's important for us to learn to hold on to the right things. Because I think it's easy and, and so many times we, we find ourselves where we're just holding on to things. Like in the pictures. Everybody's holding on to toilet paper. Wouldn't want to run out. Be terrible. We're holding on to all these things, but it's been so easy in this season. While we're so busy holding on to all of these things, so many of us have let go of the things we shouldn't have let go of. Let go of relationship with God. Let go of the time spent reading our Bible. Let go of the time in prayer. You know, I love in uh, Matthew 14, this story where Jesus comes out walking on water. It's one of my favorite stories. In four, this is in Matthew 14, 22 and 33, uh, through 33, if you want to read it. But what happens is Peter and, and the disciples are out in the boat and the storm is coming and they're a little bit afraid and, and things are going on and, 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 and they're, they're, you know, they got, what, what you see is they actually have this death grip on the boat, right? They got this white knuckled death grip on the boat. They're holding on in fear, holding on to the wrong thing in fear. And then they see Jesus coming. It's a ghost, they say, right? And then Peter, he, he realizes, no, 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 hold on a second. That's not a ghost. I know that man. That's Jesus. And we see in this interaction where, where Peter ultimately steps out of the boat. He steps out of the boat and he says, I got to get close to Jesus. I got to go near him. And he steps out of the boat and he steps onto the water, right? He, he gets out of the boat. He gets out of his comfort zone. And he begins to sink. And what, is, what does Jesus do? He reaches out his hand. And, 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 you know, I think about this process where, you know, I, the way I see the Bible story is Peter began to sink almost like that quicksand, that slow sink. Right? This wasn't an instant just drop into the water like somebody would if you jump into a pool. But it's that slow sink where Peter's realizing what's happening. And what happens is Peter looks at the circumstances around him. He looks at the waves and the water and the things. And the sinking isn't stopping. And he lets fear take on. But Jesus reaches out, of his, out his hand. And what does Peter grab onto? He grabs onto his hand. He begins to hold on to Jesus. Jesus pulls him up. And that's the moment that Peter gets pulled up. When he's holding on to what really matters. You see, Peter was sinking, but he wasn't sunk. And I'm going to tell you, it may feel like we're sinking, but we are not sunk. It may feel like this world and this nation is at a place of sinking with division, with hate, with sickness, with double hurricanes. But we are not sunk. It may seem like the Christian faith is being attacked and that being a Christian or being something that we believe in is being attacked. And it may feel like that's sinking, but we are not sunk. I think it's important for us as we get in this place to ask ourselves the question, are we looking at the circumstances around us? Or are we looking at the one who is above every circumstance? Are we looking at what's going on? Because I'm going to tell you it's easy. It's easy, and I say that from my own experience. It's easy to look at everything that's going on and start to get a little afraid and begin to hold on to things. My wife and I had this conversation last night. Maybe we should go to Walmart and buy some things. A hurricane is coming. Maybe we should go and buy all these waters and, and generators and, and flashlights and combat axes and everything that you could think of. 
You never know. I mean, at this point, nothing's out of the realm of possibility, right? It's easy to look at the circumstances and become afraid and stop holding on to what really matters. Are we holding on to something that's holding us back from truly holding on to the hope that Jesus provides? Are we holding on to something in our lives that's keeping us from holding on to the hope, like it says in Hebrews 10, 23? Are we holding on to the wrong things? I think we've been holding on to a lot of things in this past season that maybe we shouldn't be. Holding on to a lot of things that have kept us from where we need to be. I think this season has put us in a place where if we're honest with ourselves, if we're truly honest with ourselves, it's put us in a place where we're holding on to things like anger, holding on to frustration, holding on to weariness, holding on to the rough patch that we're going through, holding on to this bad attitude in our lives about this whole thing. I'm just done with it. I'm over it. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. We find ourselves stuck holding on to this bad attitude that we have. And we have to come to a place where we're willing to let go of those things so we can hold on to the one who will get us out of where we're at. But I want to take a moment and, and really, I think there's this thought process of just holding on to these bad attitudes, right? Whatever it is, an attitude of frustration, an attitude of weariness, an attitude of, of anger, I think many of us have found ourselves with this incredibly bad attitude about everything that's going on. And, and quite honestly, I have a hard time even blaming you or saying you shouldn't. I mean, look at what's going on. I think we could all justify it in some way or another to say, you know, we've got a bad attitude because of this, 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 and this. And so many of us would probably go, well, it seems, seems pretty justified to me. Seems like that bad attitude's right in line with where you should be. I mean, if you look at the situation, let's be honest, nobody loves wearing masks, right? No, nobody uh, loves that the kids were let out of school at spring break and had the world's longest summer. <laughs> nobody loves that they're just now going back, maybe, as long as the double hurricane doesn't take us out for another month. Nobody loves this. And so it's been easy for us to develop bad attitudes around what's going on, a bad place in our attitudes, in our spirit around what's happening. But the, the reality is knowing, knowing that you need to change your attitude and, and even how to adjust your attitudes can be easy, but putting those things actually into practice is another story. But we didn't get this mindset overnight. We didn't wake up March 15th, the day that everything kind of started shutting down and go, that's it. Bad attitude the rest of the year. Here we go. It's going to be the worst. I could just tell. It took time. It took time. It developed over time and through so many different experiences, one after another, it kind of just felt like the hits just kept coming. Blow after blow, they kept happening. And similarly, it takes time for us to find a way to move out of this bad attitude. But I'm going to tell you the simplest way, the simplest way to begin to adjust your attitude is to find a way and to begin to look for something positive in every situation. And I know that seems super simplistic, right? It seems so simple, like, well, 
Just be positive. And I'm not talking about, you know, over-spiritualizing everything and pulling silver linings out of gray clouds. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about the willingness to see what you have in the midst of a storm. The willingness to look at the good in what God is allowing us to walk through. To look in the fact, and I think about this, and I look at this in my life, and I go, man, guys, it was terrible to shut down church for the weeks that we did. It made me realize so much more how much I love being with you. How much more I love just coming together and to hear your voices. And I'm going to tell you on the front row, I can hear you guys singing. There is nothing like it. Nothing like it. I'm going to tell you, y'all need to sit on the front row sometime. Come join me. Because you hear the people sing behind you. You hear the hearts. You hear them. And it's a moment where I go, man, this must be what God feels like to hear his people. But I missed that. And I didn't, I kind of took it for granted because it's what we do. We do church every weekend. I'm here every service. I'm a part of it. And I missed out on the, the beauty of it. And until I lost it, until I got a place to kind of go through a storm, I didn't get to look for the good. I became complacent. If we really want to experience a, a fresh air in our attitudes, I think ultimately we have to turn all of our worries over to God. We have to look for the silver lining. We have to kind of look for the good in what we're walking through, but turn everything else over to God. You know, one of the main reasons that we're not happy in times in our lives is because we try to handle them ourselves. We try to do it our way. We try to handle everything ourselves. And I'm going to tell you, no one can handle everything. And even in most cases, uh, we can't even handle most things in our lives. No matter how much money we have, no matter how advanced our technology is, no matter uh, any of that, humans will always be limited. We have to turn it over to God. Because the difficulties we face can't be our problems and God's problem at the same time. We have to realize that he's in control. And I'm going to tell you when we realize that, that he's in control with all of this. That it's much easier to relax. It's much easier to enjoy the present moments. It's much easier to, to find a way to go, let me find the positive in this. You know, I've, I've got a positive with my kids being at home. I've got to spend more time with them. You know, when I think about my kids, my daughter's going into first grade tomorrow. I will be crying tomorrow. It's okay. I'll admit it. It's not, I'm, going, I'm not going to go on Facebook Live and do it because that would be weird. But, <laughs> but I will be crying. And I think about that, and it's one more year gone till she moves out. One, one year less that I don't have with her. And maybe you're here where your kids have, have gone and graduated and you moved out and you go, man, I realize that. I, I see that, those moments that he had, the moments. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I was stuck at home and forced by God to play with my children to be at home with them. Because I look back at the memories and we, we built a fort inside, like a gigantic fort in our living room. My wife loves it. <laughs> it's, it's huge. We did things that we would have never done. And it's easy to look at all the bad situations and jokingly we, we joke around about, man, we're ready for the kids to go back to school because we all are. But it, it was a good thing. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, I know many of us had a season where we weren't at church when we walked away from church and, and we, we took a break. And maybe some of you joined online and you're like, you know, it just wasn't the same. And, and you took a couple of weeks off and you got away from it. But then this feeling came, man, I'm missing people. I'm missing being back with my family. And we look at the silver lining. God, thank you for allowing me to realize what it is that's so important about this. That this isn't just about coming to church to check off a box. That this isn't about just coming and singing a few songs to say, well, I got my Sunday in. I'm good for the week. That it is so much more than that. That this is a place where we come together. We gather here in this house of worship. We come together and, and worship God so that we can go out and live for him the rest of the week. I'm going to tell you, we can't determine what happens to us, but we can determine what happens in us. We're in control. We have to be at a place where we're willing to let God be in control of, of what happens to us, of the situations, but we're in control of how we handle that, of how we live that out, of how we represent that through our attitudes. Colossians 3.2 says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. The Greek word used for set in this verse, it, it literally means to seek after, to strive for, to be intent on, right? So seek after, set your mind on, strive for the things above, not the things on this earth. We can get weighed down, living our life stuck in the things of this earth. But we must choose to live above that. We must choose to live a far beyond that. It's not just something that occurs one time and we can just forget about it. This is a constant battle, a constant thing, whether we're having the best year ever or the worst year ever. It's a way of living that allows us to be free from the things of this world that, that, that look to hold us back and to keep us down, that the enemy wants to use to keep us from relationship with him. To set your mind on the things above is ultimately look at things from God's perspective and to seek after what he desires. To look at what he's done. And, and it may look like the world is falling apart. And I'm going to tell you, people will let you down. Uh, the economy will let you down. Your bank account will let you down. But, but I'm going to tell you right now, our hope is not in the world. Our hope is in him. Band, you guys can come on up. You know, I was reading a quote from C.S. Lewis. Uh, some words that he wrote 72 years ago. 72 years ago, uh, and I think maybe these words would have some meaning with where we're at. Now, this he was writing about the atomic bomb, but I just I want you to think about this as he's he's talking about the atomic bomb. I think we could very easily replace atomic bomb with the coronavirus. And this is what he says, and I want to read this to you. It says, in one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? I am tempted to reply. Why, as you would have lived in the 16th century, when the plague visited London almost every year. Or as you would have lived in a Viking age, when the raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night. Or indeed, as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, 
You and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. And quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. We had indeed one very great advantage over our ancestors, anesthetics. But we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of a painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and when in which death itself was not a chance but at a certainty. This is the first point to be made and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb come when it finds us doing something sensible and human things. Praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint of coffee, he said. He didn't say coffee. And a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies, but they need not dominate our minds. That was written in 1948. And I think it's so powerful because I'm going to tell you, no matter what the circumstances are, whatever it is, we can hold fast to our trust in God, into His work. We can hold on to the right things. And if we do, we will receive all of His promises. I love what Hebrews 10, 35 through 36 says. It says, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings to you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. I think that's so important for where we're at. Uh, I mean, I'm going to tell you this. What a crazy year, right? I mean, and, and, you know, I think through the process of like, nobody was really surprised by a double hurricane. That's the age we're in. And it's easy to allow ourselves to be fearful and afraid of everything. And, and, and like he said, huddled like sheep in a corner, waiting for demise. Or we can hold on to the things that matter. We can let go of the things that don't matter and hold on to what truly matters. Hold on to a relationship with him and say, God, I'm going to trust you through this. I'm going to trust you through this. And I'm going to believe that you are working in great ways. That whatever it is you have for me to walk through this season is better than where I started. Better than the other side. That's my prayer for you. That you'll let go of the things that you've been holding on to that you don't need to hold on to. Let go of the things that have been holding you back. Let go of the things that have been keeping you from doing what God's called you to do. This is the time, this is the season, and for no other reason we had to walk through this so that you could find yourself at a place where you say, God, I'm ready to let go. Then I'm going to tell you, I found it worth it. I found it worth it if by this whole season we've been in this whole year that you found the freedom to let go of the past and hold on to what God has for you. It was worth it for me. I'd walk through it 10 times more. That's the importance of this. That's the thing that God has for us is that he says, look, I, if you'll just let me help, if you'll just let me, I know you feel like you're sinking. 
I know you feel like you're dropping down in that water like Peter was, but I've got my hand here. If you'll just hold on to me, if you'll stop looking at everything that's going on around you, if you'll stop looking at all the circumstances, looking at all the waves and everything you feel like wants to take you out and look below you and, and you realize I'm standing on water. I'm not supposed to be here. It wasn't supposed to be this way. If we'll quit looking at all that and look at a one who matters. If we'll hold on to the one who can hold us through this, who can walk us through all this, if we'll let go of everything else and just hold on to him so that we can be who God has called us to be. I think it's such an important thing that wherever we're at in our life, and I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what season you're in in your life. I only talk from my experience and how I feel. But I have to believe that so many of us are in this same place where we're just, we're stuck. Feeling stuck in this season, waiting for God to do something new, a fresh air in our lives. And all we can do is hold on to Him. To trust Him and say, God, you're going to walk us through all of this. That's my prayer for you. That wherever it is that you're at in your life, whatever you're holding on to, Whatever it is that you've been white knuckled holding on to, like, like clutter in your house, like hoarding, you're holding on to things that just don't matter. And God's saying, it's, it's time. It's time to let go of that. I've got some things that I need you to do. I've got some things that I need for your life. If you'll just hold on to me, if you'll just turn it over to me and you'll allow me to do what I need you to do in, my, in your life, we will get through this. You will be better because of this. There's purpose to this pain. There's purpose to this struggle. That's my call to you today. And maybe you're here today and you say, you know, I, we talk about holding on to things and, and, and letting go of, of what we need to let go so that we can hold on to Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you say, you know, as we talk about letting go of things, I've been holding on to all the wrong things my entire life. I've never actually been at a place where I've made a decision to hold on to Jesus to even look to him for any reason or another because I felt like I could do it all my own. I felt like I could do it all myself. Or maybe you were at a place where as a kid or, or in your past you believed in Jesus and you walked away and you said, I've got control. I'm gonna hold on to this and I'm gonna do this. I can do it on my own. And you're at a place where you're going, I'm realizing how wrong I was. I'm realizing in this moment how broken I am, how hurting I am. How much I've been holding on to this frustration and this bad attitude and this pain and this anger. And you're ready to let go. If that's you today. I want to give you an opportunity to take this moment and pray a prayer. To ask Jesus into your heart because this is your moment. If for nothing else, this is for you. To say yes to Jesus. To let go of all the things you've been holding on to and just hold on to him. You don't have to understand it all. All you need to know is that God loves you right where you're at. That he just wants to be in relationship with you. All the other stuff, how you behave and, and the, the things that, that maybe you feel like have disqualified you from being in relationship with God. We'll work through all of that. God's not concerned about any of that right now. All he wants is relationship. All he wants is for you to say yes. Yes to being in love with him. And if that's you today and you want to pray that prayer, we're going to pray this together with you because you're not alone. You're walking through this as a family. 
So as a church, let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes. And if you want to pray that prayer today, let's pray that uh, out loud with them. Just believe it in your heart. Church, let's together say, Dear Jesus, for too long I've kept you out of my life. I know that I have drifted. But today I receive your salvation. I am ready to trust you. I believe that you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins. Thank you for taking my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. Help me to let go and hold on to you. Come into my heart in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Church, can we just stand? Can we just sing out to the Lord? Can we just thank Him for His goodness? Let's celebrate those that made that decision today. Come on, church. That is who you are.